Hi, and welcome to QIC's QPod. COVID's changed the way we all live and work and play, and, and certainly in the face of this crisis and our new socially distant reality, it's natural that we probably turn inwards and consider the impacts of the pandemic on ourselves. But although COVID's been described as an equaliser by some, it's impacted the more vulnerable people in our community in ways nobody could have imagined. Today, we're going to expand our awareness and talk to some exceptional people about what they're seeing on the Australian streets in terms of homelessness and how they've had to rapidly adapt in order to keep their mission alive, which is positively connecting communities. So it gives me great pleasure today to welcome Lucas Patchett and Nick Machessi from Orange Sky. Welcome to QPod, guys. Thanks, Mark. So, Lucas and Nick, um, it'd be great to to start off uh, the session today by giving us some insight into to your organisation and what you do, particularly for those who are who are new to um, Orange Sky. Um, and I'd be also keen to understand how you got your name. Yeah, Orange Sky started nearly six years ago um, with this crazy idea of Lucas and I in Brisbane to. Um, go out and wash and dry clothes to people out there in the community that didn't have access to those things that we took for granted, like washing and drying your clothes. So our first mission wasn't to positively connect communities. It was actually to improve hygiene standards. And we got a van called called it Sudsy and put some washing machines and dryers in the back of it and uh, went out and started washing and drying clothes in Brisbane. And after a few trials and tribulations, we um, actually realised that Orange Sky had very little to do with washing and drying clothes. It had everything to do with while the washing was on, simply sitting down and having a chat. And that's where we came across the power of a conversation. The most important things our vans carry now aren't washing machines or showers. They're actually six orange chairs that get pulled out at every location we operate and facilitate really um, genuine conversations. So um, the name Orange Sky comes from a British singer-songwriter by the name of Alexi Murdoch. And in his song called Orange Sky, he talks about helping out your brothers and sisters and everyone being under an orange sky and you know orange sky was uh, we like the name we like the color uh, we thought it'd be uh, a cool idea and we put on our first van sudsy and we still haven't been sued <laughs> and can you tell me uh what neighborhoods across australia that you support absolutely so um orange sky from sudsy about six years ago we've now I've got 33 services across Australia and New Zealand, so stretching all the way up into Cape York and up as far north as Lockhart River, um, every state and territory, every capital city around the country, a couple of vans over in Perth, and then I'm also Auckland and Wellington there. So, yeah, it's an amazing community of people that come together each week and, and take these vans out. We've got 2,000 volunteers sort of pre-COVID. Um, we're doing upwards of 1,000 loads of washing a week, 150 safe hot showers um, across those those volunteers in band. I'd like to now play a small clip from one of your friends, Roz. I saw this video on your Orange Sky channel and was really moved by Roz's story. And we'll hear more about her story shortly. But I'd like our listeners to hear from an Orange Sky friend about the impact you're making on her life. The Orange Sky service, I can get my, even my sleeping bag and my sleeping gear washed and dried within the hour. So that means that I can wash it and use it the same night. It makes you feel good to be able to do that. Most of the volunteers know who's who. Have you seen so-and-so? And, and even just asking that question, that person may not be here, but the person that they ask will then see that person and say, oh, they asked after you at Orange Sky. Oh, well, I'm just not a nobody. There's someone that, that 
is thinking about me. And, and that has to start a, a value system. So, Lucas and Nick, having heard the impact that Roz talks about, I think, you know, for me, the census really highlighted the scale of the, the problem we're all facing as Australians. In fact, one in 200 Australians are currently experiencing homelessness. Are you seeing or expecting to see a rise of homelessness around Australia as we continue to be impacted by COVID and particularly the economic impacts that, are, that, that the pandemic's causing? Absolutely. It's a, it's a really tough time, I think. And, and a word that keeps popping up is this word uncertainty. And, and that's really the only thing that we know for sure is that um, we're not sure what the future is going to look like. So I think um, we, in terms of um, COVID, the, the census data that you um, spoke about before is from 2016. So 116,000 people experiencing homelessness in the last count. There, there will be another um, count next year. So it will be really interesting to see the change and, and difference and, and, and particularly the impact that COVID has had. I know, um, unfortunately, there's we don't have a very good steer in terms of are we seeing a massive demand spike or drop in demand across across the country um, because it is a bit of a false economy at the moment with a lot of government incentives, our operations at reduced capacity, a lot of different service providers who aren't operating at their normal operating cadence. So it's, it's quite difficult to get a read of exactly what it looks like. But um, what we do know is that there is um, a lot of nervousness about as a lot of these things start to wind up, what is the impact going to be and how many people are going to fall off the edge and um, how long is this economic uncertainty going to continue on for? Because you know, that's one um, lever in terms of people um, starting to experience homelessness is, is through struggling to, to get by. And, and um, I think COVID's really highlighted a lot of different challenges that people have had. But in saying that, there's been some rem remarkable stories of um, amazing collaboration across the sector, you know, almost overnight, um, the states and territories um, had different incentives and different um, opportunities to put people who were sleeping rough into hotel and motel accommodation. But unfortunately, that is starting to wind up now in a lot of um, states and territories across the country. So there has been awesome um, examples of really people binding together and, and coming together to um, get on top of some of the challenges that we that we face. But also, um, yeah, there is definitely a lot of nervousness around what happens next and you know, how do we continue to keep that momentum up um, in a sort of post-COVID world. And guys, you've previously shared a, a frightening statistic that homelessness for women over the age of 55 is the highest growing sector. That's important in our role as an investment fund manager because we service Australia's superannuation funds and we know that women are perhaps the hardest hit, especially with the early release of super scheme. Before we hear from you as to your insights about homelessness and the plight of women across Australia, we're going to hear again from Roz about her story. In 2013, I became homeless. When the marriage broke up, um, I was the odd one out. I came home one afternoon and the house is empty. There's no furniture. So guys, Having heard from Roz, what do you think in terms of this this idea or this this very real issue that we have with women being so particularly impacted by the, the, the COVID crisis? Yeah, I think prior to COVID, people all around the world struggled with hygiene and human connection. And prior to COVID, um, women over the age of 55 were that largest emerging group. So, you know, the effects of hygiene and human connection and the effects of um, financial resilience is going to um, expedite that challenge and um, you know people we see that in people's stories like Roz but 
We also see it in the whole Orange Sky community, um, those 116,000 Australians who are already struggling, but we also see it um, in our volunteers and our supporters. You know, we've had um, volunteers who are too lonely and isolated and struggling and, you know, they um, used to volunteer when um, with their work, work provider and now they're not employed and um, they're financially struggling or some of our donors who used to be able to donate to us can't anymore. So, you know, I think what's really interesting to remind ourselves of is that, you know, we're all just people and we're all potentially going through a really hard time at the moment. And I think that's reflected with um, the work that, that you're seeing as well on um, through those um, access to, to super early. So I think, you know, what our hope is, is that, you know, Orange Sky can help at whatever stage someone's in in their, their life, but also really be proactive with how we can um, target our services specifically to um, people like Roz who potentially are more vulnerable in certain locations. And that's the exciting thing about what we do is that our vans are on four wheels. They can wash and dry clothes anywhere. Um, they can operate 24 hours a day. So really being um, quite um, specific with how we operate our service is one of the ways that I think we can hopefully help more people in the future. So guys, can I take you back then to March when COVID really first began to impact us significantly through shutdowns and, and you know, of, 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 of communities basically. And you guys had to make the difficult, the difficult decision, I should say, of having to pause your, your shifts. Can you share with us how you went through that process and how you managed to keep hope alive for your friends? Yeah, it was, and you touched on there, it was probably the most difficult decision we've ever had to make um, in our lives, never mind us in, in Orange Sky, in the sense that in the lead up to that, our focus was very much around keeping as many shifts um, operating as possible because that commitment to our friends, commitment to our volunteers was was really, really important. But as the um, government advice and as all the, the different controls started ramping up across the sector, we started seeing a lot of volunteers um, starting to pull back on, on that and, and really listening to that volunteer voice is important to us. Listening to, to that um, friend voice as well is really important to us as well. So we um, made the decision to press pause, but um, not just sit around and, and wait till things change, but to reimagine what Orange Sky looked like in a, in a, in a COVID world. So um, nothing wholesalely changed, nothing, no, no magic bullets, but what it was was every little um, element of a shift was tightened up and made safer for for both our friends, our, our volunteers, and also the community as a whole as well. So um, little things around cleaning and training and, and, and whatnot to really tighten up, you know, what an Orange Sky shift looked like. So that took us about a week to reimagine what that looked like, but then it was a case of saying, well, where can we start to operate in a safe and sustainable and scalable way and well into the future? So um, we um, have started rebuilding those shifts back and, and really um, that commitment to our friends and, and volunteers hasn't changed. We want to provide a safe place for anyone to come, to not feel judged and to, to come just have a chat. And I think um, that those key principles are the things that help us guide and, and lead through this. And like I touched on before, we've seen a lot of um, people moved into hotel and motel accommodation. So we've had to be responsive and had to be agile. But I think that's the beauty of, of being on four wheels. It's the beauty of you know being only a six-year-old organisation is that we can be really agile and responsive. Um, to those needs so yeah i think the the whole journey's been been crazy and, and been incredibly impactful on, on all of us and i think um but what i'm really proud of is how we've been able to continue to keep those core principles of looking after our people and, and really um, supporting people through through crisis and, and figuring out all the other things along the way and so some of those changes may be more enduring now guys do you think Absolutely. Or... Like even little things like 
um, we used to always make sure that we had in-person training for, for volunteers, and but that meant that it had to be just in Sydney or just in Brisbane or just in Melbourne, whereas now we can run a training every single night of the week and have people from all around the country and even New Zealand dial in and, and get trained up in what it means to be an Orange Sky volunteer. And, and that um, is just balancing that with, you know, Orange Sky is built on human connection, built on conversation. So um, unfortunately, not all of it can happen through through a computer screen, but it can make some big steps in the right direction to, to getting people out onto onto vans and, and out into the community supporting people. So yeah, that's one one really tangible example. And, and even um, like Nick touched on before, hygiene and health I think has been brought into the microscope of the whole world. And we're already lucky enough to be playing in that space a little bit. So we're it's, um, really continue highlighting the work that, that we do. Yeah, fantastic. And a final question for you both then, and probably an easy question for you to answer. How can How can we help both as QIC, but equally as members of the same community? Yeah, I think you know something that Luke's and I are incredibly grateful for and, and thankful for is the significant contribution that QIC has already made to Orange Sky over the last two years, over fifty thousand dollars of support of our community. And what we really want to encourage people to do is that there's multiple ways to get involved. Um, you know, the first and foremost is volunteering out and on shift, and you don't need to be a laundry expert or a shower connoisseur uh, to be a volunteer. You just need to have a little bit of time, and um, you can register a volunteer. On our website, orangesky.org.au, um, we're currently running our peer-to-peer fundraising campaign called the Sudsy Challenge, and the QIC team are looking for people to donate uh, to some of your workers that'll be out there over the next couple of days wearing the same clothes and starting heaps of conversations. So, if you see anyone wearing an orange shirt around your office, make sure um, you start a conversation with them and, and donate, and also um, help us share the Orange Sky story. You know, we're lucky. Uh, to be a not-for-profit and all of our support is started through a conversation. So um, if you know anyone that um, is able to support Orange Sky to make a donation, it costs us $24 to give someone access to one of our services. And we really hope that you know through conversations like this one, we can remind people out there in the community that you, know, you don't need to have millions of dollars or you don't need to have bright orange vans. Um, everyone can make a difference through that really simple thing of just having a chat. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Lucas and Nick, for, for spending time. It, it was really a privilege to speak with you. You're both exceptional guys, and uh, and I think it's such important work that you that you do. And of course, QIC, we're we're very proud to support in 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 the way that we can. So in lieu of my usual sign off, I'm going to draw on Roz, who says it better than I ever could. All I'd say is please support Orange Sky and visit their website for further information as to how you can help. It's important for the, for the shifts to keep happening, for the vans to keep coming out, because that's a connection for some people. It may be the only connection that they have.